Welcome to McGregor EMC's online worship service for April 18th, 2021. As God's children, we have the privilege to address him as Father and to bring our thanks and tears to him in the certain hope that he hears, cares, and acts. How majestic is your name. children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. All flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth.
let's sing a song of confession. We confess that we are not yet who we are called to be. We confess a lack of love and purity and a commitment to our own will rather than God's perfect will. A song of assurance, assurance that God is good and merciful, caring for us in our weakness. Please bow with me in a word of prayer. Our God, so very often these days, the world around us gets to us. It feels like mountains that are piled on our backs. 
and it's paralyzing. It, it's suffocating. It makes it very hard for us to even see the point in every way that phrase can be understood. But in scripture, we read of a God that can do all things. In scripture, we read of a God that keeps his word. In history, we see that this God does in fact do as he says. In our lives, Lord, we can see that you are there. And so God, we pray, help us to live in the hope that we find in you. Help us to live in the hope that far from things being overwhelming, far from things being suffocating, far from things being unsolvable, there is in fact a way forward. There is in fact the solution. There is in fact your will to be done. Your will that will bring about the better world that we so long for. Our God, we pray, remind us of this hope when we forget about it. Remind us of this hope when we are overwhelmed. Remind us of this concrete hope that we have in you when the world has us down. Our God, this, this we pray. And along with this, our God, we also want to ask for the same thing for all of those around us. All of those who do not know you, Lord, all of those who are living in fear, and also for those around us that are your followers, that are struggling to find that hope right now themselves. God, open their eyes to you. Show them that there is a creation worth fighting for, that there is a creation worth building up. That there is a glorious future that will be safe for our children and our children's children and all of the generations down until you come again to not only live in but to thrive in as well. And that that future is found in you. That that future is built with your help. Our Lord, these are the two things that sit on us most heavily these days. And so I pray God, please open our eyes to the hope that is found in you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place 
and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, 
and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Today, we are going to be talking about hope, a topic that seems to be in a bit of a short supply these days. Hope. With the world outside, our homes constantly yelling over itself about how everything is going to hell in a handbasket. I think we could use a bit of time spent talking about hope. With the disease that is raging through the world outside our walls, and with the measures in place to fight it, often a hard pill to swallow on their own, right? I think that we could use talking a little bit more about hope. And with an overwhelming number of PhDs out there talking about how if we do not change, well, near everything, about how we interact with the world around us, it will surely be destroyed and take all of us with it. Today, I think that we can all do with talking a little bit about hope. It can be a scary world out there. The kind of place where we are left wondering in a downcast way what possibly does the future have to bring and it is because of just this that I think we really need to talk about hope, true hope, a biblical idea of hope, a Christian idea of hope and so that is what we're going to be doing over the next three Sundays. We are going to talk about the hope that we have as followers of Christ. And to do this, we are going to need to turn our Bibles this week right to the very beginning, next week just past the middle, and on the third all the way to the end. And in looking at these three places in our Bibles, well, I think we are going to learn a lot about what hope truly can be and why there is still hope. And because of that, how we ought to be living as a response. And so, to begin doing this, I want to start off with asking a question, one that I think that we all feel that we can answer. And that question is this, what do you think that hope is? Just conjure a definition in your mind. If you're listening to this with somebody else, maybe pause it and share your idea with them. Ready? Okay. For me, my first answer when I was planning this series before I really jumped in was in the ballpark of hope is that feeling that in the future something good is going to happen. Maybe hope is that feeling that you have that later today you're going to have a really good supper. Maybe hope is the feeling that you have that someday in the future that your team is going to finally win the Stanley Cup. As a longtime Avalanche and Jets fan myself, well, on that front, things aren't looking that bad, but 
Maybe hope is more than that. Maybe hope is that one day that family member that you haven't talked to in years will speak to you again. This is what we often think of when we think of hope. We think about how someday in the future something, something good, maybe even something great may happen. And that isn't a bad thing to do. Hoping with this understanding of hope, it can really brighten up our days, but there is a problem with simply thinking of hope like this. It's, it's missing something. It's missing surety. To show you what I mean, let's take an item from that list I mentioned before. Let, let's take the first one because it's the thing that I have the readiest example for. Why do I hope that I will have a good supper tonight? Well, that's easy. I'm making a roast chicken tonight. I am good at making roast chickens. I have made a lot of them. And because of that, there is good reason for me to hope that a good supper is in my future. But even though this is true, I must admit, I am actually a little concerned about this roast chicken because even though I have made roast chickens countless times before, the last time I did it, I nearly burnt the house down because without paying attention, I set the grill to 225 only to find out about two hours into the cook time that the F that denotes the temperature units was actually a C. It was a new grill. My hope for that great meal was based on something true. My, my personal experience, it was a very reliable thing that it was based on even, but it wasn't concrete. It wasn't a sure thing. And as a result, cornflakes for supper. And in this, we find the great shortcoming to be found in these experience-based, these human hopes of ours, these non-biblical hopes. All of them, ultimately, are based on something that isn't concrete. It isn't a sure thing. And while for most things that we hope for, that uncertainty doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, I like cornflakes just fine, and half the fun of hockey is found in complaining about how Las Vegas robbed Winnipeg of the Cup four years ago. When it comes to the big things that we hope for, though, like hope for a brighter tomorrow to leave to our kids, where we can breathe the air around us, a hope of a world where we won't be dealing with a pandemic anymore, a hope where future generations can thrive like the ones that came before. For these things, the fact that there isn't that surety, it can be painfully hard to take. And it's in this where the idea of hope that we find in the Bible, that we can have as Christians, truly shows itself to be cut from a different kind of cloth. Because as Christians, our understanding of what hope is, it differs in a rather significant, a rather glorious way. Because as Christians, our understanding of what hope is does have a solid base to it. As Christians, our understanding of what hope is is not just wishing for something in the future, even though we have no true way of knowing if it is ever going to come to pass. As Christians, our hope is actually built on something else. It's actually built on something that is truly concrete, is truly sure. Our hope is built on God. And that 
that changes a lot. Because if the base of our hope is found in God, then that means that our hope that everything God promises will come to pass, well, that hope is rock solid. It's a sure thing. If the base of our hope is found in God, then that means that our hope that everything that we know from Scripture that our God is all about will in the end be lovingly cared for, including us, then that hope is also rock solid. It's a sure thing. And if the base of our hope is found in God, then that means that our hope that if we live the life that God has for us, that that will be a life worth living, that it will be a life that will be better, that will be a life that will better everything, then that hope, too, is rock solid. A wonderfully sure thing. You can still feel free to hope for the little things that there is no surety of, but to have a biblical understanding of hope, a Christian understanding of hope, What that means is that the big things that keep us up at night, the existential things that cause us the fear for the future of it all, for those things, God's got us covered. That is the biblical understanding of hope. And this is what brings us to our passage today. Because if our hope is that God's got the big things covered, If our hope is that the things that God values are things that our God will never stop loving and caring for and acting in their benefit, then it's worth our time to look through our Bibles at what those things that God cares for actually are. A note, what comes uh, next is going to be a big part of our next three Sundays. So if I miss something that you think is just big and obvious today, there's a good chance it's going to be coming up later. But if we want to know the things that God is all about, our best bet is to begin by looking where else? At the beginning. Because there we are met with a laundry list of things that our God said were good. For it is in the beginning, we read, that our God created all things. From the formless nothingness, he draws everything into existence. However that happened is kind of beside the point to the fact that when we look out at the world around us, when we look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth underneath our feet and the endless prairies and the grass that grows up to your knees and the mountains and the rivers and the deserts and the oceans and all the things in between with all the the countless wildlife that call all of these different lands and rivers and waters their homes, All this we are told that our God made. And to all this creation, what do we read that he said time and time again about it? He said that it is good. Now think with me. Think with me now to something that you have made. Something that was the product of who you are, something that you poured yourself into, and in the end, once it was there, you thought to yourself, that is good. Think about that thing, and tell me, what would you have done if anything would ever try to tear that creation of yours apart? Are you seeing where I'm going with this? Because our God made it, because our God said it was good, and later in Scripture, we even learn beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loved all that he has made, he he cares for all that he has made, then 
then my brothers and sisters, trust me when I say that if you have hope that our God will act in ways that are for the well-being of that creation that he called into existence, then, then your hope is based on something concrete, something sure. It's based on God, the omnipotent one. Now look at yourself. Look at those around you, fellow human beings. In the same passage and the one that follows it, at the beginning of our scriptures, we read about how to the smallest detail our God built us up. And then when we were put together, our God said four things about us. Together we are made, male and female, in the image of the one who made us. That's one of them. Then go forth and multiply is another one of the things that he said. Then shepherd over all of God's beloved creation is a third. And finally, those wonderful words also left his mouth saying that we too were good. And in this, there is just so many wonderful things to digest. Because like before, he said that we, his creation, were good. And that he said that means that he loves us very much. That he is all about us and that he is going to act for us as well. That he tasked us with being the good shepherds of his creation means that with him, this is a task that not only can we do, but uniquely we can do. We, we got this as long as God is with us. Our God is not one to make mistakes about things. And that he tasked us to go forth and multiply, spreading to the corners of the earth. To this, we're going to get back to this one in just a bit. But that our God made us and told us these things. It means that if we hope that our God will work to better our species lot, then that if we hope that our lives can have meaning, that if we hope that there is something for us in the time to come, then our hope is based on something rock solid. It is based on God, and a hallelujah to that. And this all means something for us today, an awful lot actually, because hope, hope shouldn't be thought of as just a pie in the sky type of thing. It's supposed to be something that drives us into action. I hope that I'll have a good roast chicken for supper, so you better believe that at some point I'm actually going to roast a chicken for supper when I get home. That's how hope works. Biblical hope included, there is action that is implied in it. So what does it mean for how we live that our hope that our God will act in the best interest of his beloved creation is a rock-solid thing? Well, for starters, it means that if we don't want to come between God and something that he values, we should really start taking that good shepherd of creation part of our assigned duties rather more seriously. And truthfully, I don't think that any of us are going to be fighting the fact that this is something that we as a species have kind of come up short on. I mean, there's literally an island of plastic garbage in the Pacific the size of two and a half Manitobas right now. And before you go saying that we live in the middle of the continent, so we didn't make it, I'll point out that most of the trash comes from manufacturing stuff that we most certainly do buy. So we have a hand in that no matter how you cut it. After all, the market speaks, does it not? 
Does living as good shepherds of creation mean that we need to sell all that we have and go off into the forest and live on hemp and oat milk? No, I don't know if I would say that. It's not a bad thing to say maybe that it means that we should buy a little less stuff. Maybe just uh, live a little simpler than you do now, as you're able. Even drive a little less, stick around town a little bit more. These things may seem like small things to do, but our God is a God that once turned a handful of fish and loaves of bread into enough food to feed thousands. Don't for a moment underestimate what he can do with just a little change in our lives. A little change like this. Do you want to be a good shepherd of God's creation as we are created to be? Do, do little things like this. And watch what God does with that. You will be amazed. To live in the hope that our God will act in the benefit of the creation that he loves, that, that means that we should work for the benefit of that creation too. And have hope that the little each of us on our own may be able to accomplish will with God's help turn out to be something amazing. That is hope our God tells us, that is rock solid. And in the same way as our hope in God led us to act in this way, once again, look to yourself and your neighbor. Here are people that we love, and because of that, here also are people that we fight with constantly. But we were not made to go it alone. Together we were made in the image of God, we read. Not by ourselves, and so, our hope that God is right in that living together is worth the headache is something that we know also to be rock solid as well. So here's what I want to say to you on that front. Go out there, build those relationships with other people. It is a big part of what we were created to do. And when those relationships break, be quick to set them right. If someone needs a little help, be quick to help them. Work with all that you are to see even those you really dislike as equally loved by God as well. This may seem like all inconsequential nonsense in the grand scheme of things, but have a little hope that if it is something that God built into us and said was good, then that means there is more value to it than we can comprehend in doing just these little things for our neighbor. And finally... As I mentioned, there is that part about how we are to go forth and multiply. This is something far from just being a command that we giggle about. It is possibly the most important thing that we can actually hit on just now, with the world outside our walls looking as scary as it often does. Because in this, far from just being about having kids, something many of us can't do for a number of reasons anyway, there's also a promise from the mouth of God. I will be with you into the future, is what this says. God doesn't task us to do things that he isn't going to be there to help us with. I will be with you into the future, and there will be times when the world may be terrifying, when it may seem completely uncertain, where it may seem like everything is falling down around you. But know that if I tell you to go forth and multiply, then your hope that I, your God, will be with you through all of that, that is on solid ground. And so, my brothers and sisters, here is one last way for today that you can live in the concrete hope found in God.
even though you might be scared of the world out there and the future that it holds, don't let that stop you from going forth. Actually live your life. Stand up tall, take risks, shepherd the creation around you, care for those you meet, and yes, if it's something that you feel that you are in the place to do and are able, maybe even consider kids. But just as much as that, work hard to multiply everything else that God has entrusted to you. Live in the concrete hope that because our God tells us to get out there and to make the world a better place into the future, to go forth and to multiply, that he will be with you and the future generations as well doing just that. And also, that in the end, after all of this work, it'll mean something. Somewhere in there also. Make sure to take a little bit of time for yourself in order to make sure you're firing on all cylinders. But that God says, go forth and multiply, means he will be with us as we do just that. And so, my brothers and sisters, today, let's go forth and live in the hope that is found in our God. In response, let's sing a song of service. O Master, let me walk with thee. Verse 4 says, In hope that sends a shining ray far down the future's broadening way, in peace that only thou canst give, with thee, O Master, let me live. Help me. Now. 
Our benediction comes today from Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Go forth now and live showing the hope you have in our Creator.